Hi, this is a message from Life Church Leeds. We hope it encourages and helps you. Well, it's great to see you. Happy St. Patrick's Day to the Irish. Do we have any Irish in here? I suppose we're all Irish, part of some of us. But any actual Irish people in here? Wow, couple. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I suggested to Abs for this day, I thought it would be a good idea after the service. You know, we sometimes have like treats when you go outside. You know, sometimes like brownies or teas and coffees. I honestly suggested little shots of Guinness. And Abs was like, we can't. I'm like, of course we can. And she's like, no, we can't have Guinness in church. I'm like, the Bible doesn't say anything about Guinness. So anyway, anyway, I'm like, we can do it. And she's like, well, she says, we can't do it. We can do it. We can't do it. Anyway, guess who won? Abs won. So I do agree. I'm not sure alcohol is, it's good to be permitting, but it was only a little shot. And it's better a shot of Guinness than a shot of something else. But anyway... If you don't drink, I understand that, and we're not condoning drinking, we're not denying drinking, we're just sort of be at peace here, okay? (laughs) Let's just move on. Well, it's a great weekend of sport, unless you're a Leeds fan, which was not a good day, but it's not the end, but uh, England had the greatest game of rugby ever, 31 down, 31 nil up. 31 drawn, 38 down, then they ended up drawing. And then the highlight of the weekend, obviously Man United losing last night. God is good. We're going to get straight into the word today. I want to read from Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 to 62. It says this on the road, someone asked Jesus if he could go along with them. And he said, I'll go with you wherever he said. And Jesus was curt which is a, quite an old-fashioned word. He was quite short, quite abrupt. And he said, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best premier inns, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly, but first excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral, which sounds like a very justified reason. Jesus refused. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off. Look at that line. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Everybody say, seize. Everybody say, seize the day. Carpe diem, seize the day, is a phrase many of us are aware of. And I want to just speak on this thought this morning. Because how many times do we put things off till tomorrow? (laughs) I know for sure I do. You have good intentions around 6 p.m. at night of what you plan to do in the evening in the house. You plan to paint a room. You plan to tidy up a certain area. (coughs) And then seven o'clock hits and you find the remote control and you find Netflix. And before you know it, it's 11.30 at night and you haven't done what you wanted to do today. And so you go, well, I'll end up doing it tomorrow. 
I was at the dentist this week. Well done for all the dentists. Whoop, whoop. It's a great career choice, Lindsay, to be a dentist, to spend all day looking down people's mouths. It's just uh, amazing. But I was at the dentist, and let's be honest, nobody loves to go to the dentist. And whenever I go to the dentist, I pretty much like get the same telling off every single time that I go. And, and, and I do I sometimes feel like, they, they feel like they're doing me a favor. And I'm like, well, I am actually paying you for this service. But they feel like they have a right to tell me off about my teeth and my mouth. Almost like, you know, well, it's, it's theirs. It's not yours. It's mine. I determine what I eat and I determine what I drink. And so therefore, if I want to spend a few weeks eating that and drinking that, it's your responsibility to clean it up at the end of the few months and to fix it and to put fillings on it and to take them out if needs be. I'm paying for a service. But my dentist, every time I go, thinks it's their position to tell me off for the things that I haven't done again. And the normal thing they get me on every single day, because I'm going honest with you, this is like personal hygiene. Um, Well, obviously, I do brush my teeth at least twice a day, okay? Morning, a big scrub in the morning, and a big scrub at night, and, you know, sometimes three times if I'm going out, or I want to give abs a kiss, or something like that. (laughs) Three times, Okay. But what I'm not great at doing every single morning and every single night is getting the big flosser thing out, you know, flossing in between. Like, who's got time for those kind of things? And so they keep telling me off, you've not been flossing again. And I'm like, I know I've not been flossing again. And, and they say this thing, every day it is building up until it comes to the point where we need to do something about it. Why? Because we always think tomorrow is more important than today. But Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own story. (laughs) Tomorrow's got its own things to deal with. You've got to focus on today. And it's what Jesus is saying to these guys who have good intentions. They want to follow Jesus. They want to be with him. It's all good. It's a good place to be. But Jesus is like, well, that starts now. It starts today. I know you want to wait till tomorrow. I know where you want to wait till next week. But no, it starts Today, for those of you that follow football teams or sporting teams, sometimes post-match they'll do an interview. And it's sometimes frustrating because it's almost like this cliche line that most players or managers will say after a win or after the result is, and they'll say, you know, we take each game as it comes. You know, will you win the league? Well, we'll take each game as it comes. We'll take each day as it comes. We're not thinking too far ahead. It is almost like the same line that comes out of every single player but it is coming from a professional who is so focused on the actual moment. And they are so focused because what they have realized is how we live today will actually define how we play tomorrow. So there's no point actually looking for seven games in advance. Why? Because seven games in advance is useless if we can't train hard tomorrow and play the next game as hard as we can. And as a pastor of... And the privilege of pastoring this church here, this campus here. I don't want to lead a church where we live well one day out of seven. I don't want to lead a church where we come on a Sunday and we're good on a Sunday and we're, we're dressed good on a Sunday and we smell good on a Sunday and our lives are like good on a Sunday. But the rest of the six, it's like, 
we're broke and we're like beaten down and we're like angry and we're unhappy and like we're depressed and we have, but on a Sunday we're all good. No, I want to be part of a church where this one day, that is the Sunday out of the seven can actually set us up to live well for the other six. I don't want it just to be where all the six days we're waiting for the seventh, the Sunday, and, and then when that's over, it's like, ooh, a big down again. And some people say to me, can we have church every day? And I'm like, no. Because <laughs> you are the church. And we don't need to do a service every morning and every night. What we do want to do, we believe in small groups, and we believe in gathering and fellowship and community, of course, we do throughout the week as often as we can. But I, I, I want this day, the Sunday when we meet, to set us up for the next six and because I want us to live well every single day of the week. I once heard someone say this line, which said, success starts on a Sunday. Success can start on a Sunday. It sets you up in church through your worship and through your devotion, through the word. It sets you up for the rest of the week. And so we're calling this, this, this message today, seize the day, living each day the right way. Living each day the right way. Because we all have our favorite days. Put your hand up if Sunday is actually your favorite day. Come on, let me see those. Okay, not as many as I'd hope. Um, <laughs> in, in Mondays, how many of you love Mondays? Tuesdays, yeah, no one. Like, who likes Tuesdays? Like, like yeah, apart from life groups, the Tuesday, but for youth, but like, no one actually likes Tuesdays. Tuesdays are like, what's the point of like a Tuesday? It's like, why would you create a Tuesday? Like, if you like Tuesdays, you're weird. Okay, Tuesday, it's like it's past the weekend, so we haven't even got memories of the weekend. It's too far from the next weekend, so we're not yet that excited about it. And it's like, it's just a Tuesday. Wednesday is like, oh, the beginning things. Like Thursday, it's like, oh, yeah, Friday. <laughs> I know you why you love Friday, because it's Rock Nation's youth on a Friday. I know why the adults love Fridays, because they want to come down and serve at Rock Nation's youth and help and serve. <laughs> Help out on security and on the door. I know why you guys. And how many of you love Saturdays? Oh, but Friday has the love. I've been alive 13,581 days to the day. 13,581. I worked that out in my own phone. <laughs> out of all of those days... Just a little, this is a little bit of like basic math for you. Out of all of those days, 1,940 of those days have been Tuesdays. 1,940 of those days, that's not right. I don't know, my maths are bad. Anyway, out of 13,581 days, which is how long I've been alive, I think it is right. Who knows? Is it right? I'm right. I don't know. Anyway, I think I'm right. I am right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm wrong. Hold on. Let's get a phone out here. Bring that phone onto this stage right now. Come on. I know we're running out of time, but this is a matter of life or death for some of us. Okay. Okay, 30, 37 is how old I am, times 365, correct? 
13,505 plus from when my birthday was to when I am now, which was 29th of December to now, it comes to 13,581, correct? Okay, so 13,581. Forget leap years, you geeks. I'll give you a leap year. 13,000 divided by what? <laughs> 1,940 days. <clears throat> I trust myself. I need to trust myself more. I know you guys, you haters over here saying that I'm... You need to go back to school. Stop heckling, please. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is this. Nearly 2,000 days of my life, which equates to nearly six years. If you take Tuesday as a day that you're like, I don't like you, I don't do those kind of days. I live for the special days. Nearly six years can be spent in days that you don't even value. Days that you don't even focus on. Nearly six years of my life could just be like, gone. That's why Zechariah, I think, in chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, Do not despise the day of small beginnings. (laughs) Because, you see, I think what God is saying is, because humanity has a way of despising to look down upon what appears to be insignificant. And so because because I perceive it to be insignificant, my, my value of it changes. I look down on it because it's a Tuesday. I look down on it because it's a nothing kind of day. I look down on it because it's just another kind of thing. But like wedding, but I need to understand and we need to understand that how significant were all of those days that led up to that moment as insignificant as they appeared. You see, Jesus was born in a stable on a nothing day in a nothing kind of place. And it tells me this, that significance is not manufactured in the light. Significance is actually built in the shadows. And we sometimes want to live this big significant life, which is good, it's cool, it's purposeful. But we think it's always going to happen when the light is shining on us. But more and more about life, I realize that the significance of our lives is not manufactured in the light, but it is built in the shadows. I've got my running trainers, which I, I actually left at home today for this illustration. But my running trainers, I bought in 2012. And they're the ugliest running trainers you've ever seen, Okay. They're awful. I only planned on wearing them for one race. I was in a race and I ended up planning on wearing them there. And I've just ended up keeping them and wearing them. And when I thought about those trainers, because I need to start replacing them soon, they've, I, go to, I go run as much as I can and I don't do as much as I'd like, but as much as I can. But I've maybe done 5K, 5,000 meters in those trainers a few times a week for like, for like nearly six or seven years. Those trainers have had some miles in them. Now, the appearance of them is not great, but the faithfulness of them is great. The appearance is shocking, but the faithfulness is great because sometimes it is the faithfulness of the days versus the fame of the race. You see, 
Someone like uh, Mo Farah, for example. You see Mo Farah running 12 and a half laps in front of the Olympic cameras. But what you don't see him running is 20 miles a day in the mountains in front of a few goats. <laughs> they never show you that. And he, you never see him doing that. But all you see him is flying around a track in front of the world's attention, the significant days. And I'm not underplaying the significance of those days. Of course they are because we all have points that lead us to that moment. We even sang about it today, how we live for those moments. So there's nothing wrong with those moments. But you cannot just turn up to the 5,000 meters of the Olympic Games, the significant date, if you have not put the hard work in, in the insignificant days. And expect to win and expect to be a world champion. I think that is why Psalm 90 verse 12, talking about Moses, it says, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think what it's trying to help us is that every single day is so important that you have to number it because there is value and there is significance in every single day. Somebody used to tell me this, every day is a school day. Every day is a school day. What they're trying to say is every day there is something for you to learn. Every single day there is something for you to take from it. Every day there is something to grow in, develop in, change in. Every day is a school day. Life is but a breath. It goes. But Jesus is saying to these guys, you need to seize the day. You need to seize it now. Take it now. There's an opportunity now. There's a moment now. I know it doesn't look like you expected it to look, but you need to take the moment. Seize the day right now. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, today is the day of salvation. But I wait till tomorrow. No, today is the day. And in Genesis chapter 1, I just want to go there for a few moments this morning. Genesis chapter 1, most of us are aware how that chapter leads us to seven very significant days of God's amazing creation. How incredible is it, God's amazing creation? And in verse 3 of Genesis um, chapter 1, this is the first day, look what it says. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Keep going (coughs) on that verse, if we can get it. Genesis chapter 1. If not, I think I know where to find it. Um, (laughs) Here we are. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening. And there was morning. And look what it says. The first day. So on the first day, God created light. That's pretty significant, pretty wow, kind of like, whoo, like that should make the news, okay? On day two, okay, God, the Bible says, I won't go into every verse, but there was a vault that he used to separate the water and the sky, okay? This big (coughs) sort of air that we are, air mass that we are in now was the vault that God did on the second day. On day three, potentially Tuesday, the boring day, God produced land, which would produce vegetation. See, even God knew Tuesdays were sort of like a nothing kind of day. We've got light, and we've got vaults, and then we've got some grass. On day four, God created the stars and the moon and the sun, pretty significant. On day five, he created the fish and the birds. On day six, he created wild animals and human beings. Some would say are the same thing. He created them. On day six, all six days so different in what God created. 
But what is interesting amongst all of those six days, the same line, the only line that you'll find in every single one of those verses, in every single one of those days is, and God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. That everything he created and everything he made in those six days, God saw that it was good. Because when you go into every day with purpose, no matter what you create and no matter what you establish, if you go into it with purpose, you can look back at the end of your day and say, it was good. Even if it doesn't appear to be that great, even if you've had some circumstances, there is something in that day that is going to help you, train you, teach you, correct you, strengthen you, encourage you, change a direction. God saw that it was good. Because if you go into every day with purpose, you cannot help but become fruitful. God goes into every day making a decision that I've got purpose about day two. I've got purpose with day three. And I've got purpose with day four. No surprise then that he was fruitful. And in God's creation, God models something to us how to use our days. I really believe that in these six days that God creates, he he models something to us. For example, like work. God is making stuff. God is at work. He's not chilling yet. That comes. But he is working. How do we know he was working? Because at the end of it, he needed to rest. (laughs) Okay? And work, some people think work is a result of sin. Work is not a result of sin. Okay? Work was not a result of Adam and Eve's sin against God. And as a result, because they bit into the apple, wow, we have to work. No. The Bible told Adam to work the land before Eve ever was tempted by Satan. So you can't try and think your job is something that the devil is trying to keep you in. (laughs) No, work is a God idea. And I just want to sidetrack a little bit. If you are working currently in a job that you don't like, I'm sure there's many of you in that boat right now. You're working in a job that you don't like. You don't like what you have to do. You don't necessarily like the hours, the conditions. But you know you need to do it. You need to do it because you need to pay bills. You need to live. You, you know it's the right thing to do, but you don't like your job. Here's, here, my wisdom would be this. Work at your job with your whole heart <laughs> till you become able to move into a job that you do like. Move into a job that you do like because... I don't think we need to stand here and sit here today and say every single one of us just needs to persevere through the next 40 years of our life hating every day of our job. And so maybe you need to ask yourself, why do I hate it so much? Why do I dislike it so much? But what I do encourage you to do is work at that job with your whole heart. Keep your eyes open so maybe you can go into an area of employment that you think you might actually enjoy. But don't stop working because it could take weeks. It could take years but don't stop working because working is part of life work your way to job satisfaction don't just wish your way to job satisfaction you've got to work your way there rather than just going well one day I want to do this well you might want to do it but are you working towards it this is a bit of wisdom for life this morning and so God shows us the process of working he also shows us I think the process of rhythm God shows us rhythm 
that days have rhythm to them. And rhythm is not routine. Sometimes people think it's the same thing. Rhythm is not always routine. To have a rhythm means there to be a flow. It means there to be a tempo to how you live your life. <coughs> because if I was God, I'm thinking, I'll just create all of these six days in one day. I'll just do it all like in once. Because surely God had the capability to do that. Surely God could have gone, ah, six days, let's do it in one. Boom. But no, he chooses and models something to us of six days. Because I think God understands rhythm. I think he understands timing. I think he understands tempo. And if you're a young adult in here specifically, or maybe a young person, I want to say don't rush your days. Sometimes we want to try and create the world in six days. Understand, take your time. There's a rhythm to what you're doing. And sure, thousands of days will come and thousands of days will go, but there's a rhythm. If you go into every day with purpose, you will be fruitful. So there's a rhythm to what he does. Another thing I think is important to understand about your days is your habits. Every single day make an incredible difference. Let me read this to you. It's pretty famous, but it says, I am your constant companion. I am your greatest helper or I am your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I am completely at your command. Half the things you do, you might just ask as well, turn over to me. And I will be able to do them quickly and correctly. I am easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. And after a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great men. And alas, of all the failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. And those who are failures, I have made failures. I am not a machine, though I work with all the precision of a machine plus the intelligence of a man. You may run me for profit or run me for ruin. It makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will put the world at your feet. Be easy with me and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am habit. (laughs) Pretty amazing. And our habits are so crucial. And I don't stand here today as... Mr. Habitual Expert. I don't stand here today with a wagging finger of the church. Come on, do this. I'm just encouraging all of us. Weeks accumulate with weeks. And that is why I think that's why the Bible says in the New Testament, do not give up the habit of meeting together. The Bible says that in the book of Hebrews. Don't give up the habit of meeting together because if you stop going to church regularly, if you stop being there consistently, it's amazing how one Sunday accumulates with another Sunday. And another Sunday accumulates with another Sunday. And before you know it, I've not been for six or seven Sundays. And it's not that God has turned his back on you. It's not that your name has been crossed out of the book of life. Why? Because we're saved by grace, not by going to church. Just to establish that. But there is something about the habit of consistently meeting with fellow believers. Something about the habit of corporate worship. Something about the habit of sitting down and having one sole focus rather than just doing everything through a phone or through a mobile or through a TV. There is something about the habit of God's people being together, taking in and giving out. But if you don't do it, it accumulates stuff 
builds up. It is like the same with compound interest for you financiers in here. It is the power of interest that builds upon interest that before you know it grows. And so if things can build up negatively, how, how much can they also build up positively? It can build up. And what is the purpose of our days? The purpose of our days, church, is to be fruitful. That is the purpose of our days. And I want these days, and I want our church, and I want everyone in our church to have great hanging fruit from all of our lives. Not just on a Sunday, but throughout our week, there's just fruit that hangs from our life. There's fruits of kindness, and there's fruits of generosity, and there's fruits of excellence, and fruits of discipline, fruits of devotion, and fruits of wisdom, and fruits of, 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 of strength, and, and fruits of mercy, and fruits of intelligence, and, and all this fruit just hangs off our lives. Why? Because we made a decision to make every single day count. Jesus says... We're not judged by, this is me paraphrasing, our one-off games. (laughs) We're judged by the consistent fruit that comes off our lives. And fruit doesn't just come overnight. Fruit takes time. Fruit needs the right conditions. Fruit needs patience. And some of us can get easily demotivated. Some of us can quickly lose energy very quickly because you want to, grow and you expect pineapples to grow overnight but pineapples can take 24 months to grow and so if you want to develop fruit in your world it's not just going to happen it is the discipline and the desire to love every single day as it comes Galatians 6 verse 9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up at the proper time and my wisdom to all of us is if you are demotivated in your days and if you are struggling with energy in your days you need to attach your life to more whys not just what's you need to attach your life to more why am I doing this why is this happening the why of stuff rather than just this is what I do the what doesn't sustain you but it is the why that gives you the energy to do it I think that is why after six days in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, look what it says. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. He rested from all of his work. He rested from all of his work. You see, the purpose of the day of rest is to be blessed. That's the purpose of it. The purpose of the day of the rest is to be blessed as a result of the previous six. God is modeling something to us that I'm going to work hard in these six days. And then God, you're going to bless me in the seventh as I'm in my place of rest. Now, for some of you, if you're thinking, well, seventh day is the day of rest. And I I, I think the purpose of the Sabbath is more important than actually what day you choose it to be on. For example, if you're a doctor, you might not have the ability just to make the Sunday your day of Saturday. It might be a Tuesday one day. But I'm encouraging you to find a place of rest consistently. In fact, it's biblical. It's a biblical command, actually, to have a day of rest. You must obey the Sabbath. But it is more of an understanding that as I enjoy my Sabbath, I'm not just enjoying a Sabbath after having five other Sabbaths. 
I'm having a Sabbath to rest because I'm be celebrating the fruitfulness of the previous six and being blessed. But we're now in a generation where I want Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath. I want more Sabbaths than I want work. The Sabbath is a result of the work. It is where God blesses you and God will rest you. And rest doesn't always mean sitting down in front of a fire doing nothing. For some of you, that's your worst nightmare. For, you know, for, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything like that. What the rest is, rest means looking back on the fruitfulness of the previous days. That's what rest is. Why? Because God saw that the previous six were good. Which is why he can sit down on the seventh, look back on the six, and rest. What a beautiful place to be in. And I want to encourage you to find your place of rest, whatever that looks like to you. It might be sleep, might be walking, might be sleep walking. <laughs> might be climbing, it might be swimming, it might be visiting a coffee shop, whatever it is. And I know some of you are like, well, Sunday is really my only day when I can do this. And I'm serving here in the morning, I'm setting up stuff and then I'm playing. And, and so I don't feel restful. Hey, you can still be purposeful and restful. I think taking yourself out of place of rest is taking yourself out from doing what your what your sort of commission from your work is in the week. And so you can still serve on a team and be restful. You can still be involved in church and still be restful, but you've got to find it because it is godly. The purpose of this message today is to help us understand sometimes we so focus on the finish line that we lose track, we lose we fail to see the track in front of us. You know, the league, the football league isn't won on the final day. It is the previous 38 games. And it is the hundreds of days of training and resting and training and resting that leads to the final day. Because every day has the same value as each other. The input and the output, the input and the output. And what comes in determines what goes out. And the days that we are living in right now, I'm convinced, are preparing us for days that we haven't yet lived in. That's why we're singing, we're worshipping, we're praying for days that we haven't yet lived. We're worshipping for days that we haven't yet lived in. We're receiving the word for days that we haven't yet lived in. It's why David, King David, who was only a boy in the hills, he's alone with the sheep, he's fighting the bear every day. As he's fighting the bear alone in the insignificance of the shadows, every day is preparing him for the day in the palace where he would one day shepherd Israel instead of sheep and he would fight bears considered nations. The significant time of his kingdom was actually forged in the insignificance of the field. That's why one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is Psalm 78, verse 72. It says, David shepherded Israel with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. It's the Psalms, psalmist's way of saying what, God, what David did in the field was the same as what he did in Israel. What he did, with the, what, what he did with the bears was what he did with the nations. How he shepherded his sheep was how he shepherded the people. Why? Because it was significance of all of those days. Think of Moses. He kills a, an Egyptian and then he escapes to the desert of Midian. For 40 years he is there. 14,600 days. Don't question my maths. 14,600 days in Midian he is there. Preparing him for what? 
coincidentally maybe for 40 years of leading Israel to the promised land. Accidentally, the same amount of time in the desert of Midian on his own. The insignificance of that was the same amount of time as the significance of leading nearly three million people. Just a coincidence. Surely, no. Every day matters. Every day is preparing you for the next day. Every year is setting you up for the next year. That's why Jesus says, seize the day, this day, today, because it is shaping who you will become tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Thank you for listening. Right now in this moment as we draw it to a close, I want to ask this question. I want to say, how many of you are struggling with your days? And what I mean by that is you're in a work situation, you're in a family situation, you're just bored, lack of energy, lack lack of purpose. There's just this groundhog kind of thinking that goes on. And sure, Sunday's good and Friday night's good in Leeds and Saturday afternoon's great when I'm in the coffee shop, but the rest of the time I can sort of like just discount it all. But you want purpose to return to your days. You want fruitfulness to return to your days. You want, you want like creativity to return to your days. Just with every eye closed, this could be so many people. With every eye, if that is you, just raise your hand up. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today. These hands that you'll raise, so many of them around this building right now. God, I pray we get a glimpse of the power of every single day today. In Jesus' name, that we would see the purpose and the potential for fruitfulness in every single day today. Help us where we become demotivated and lack of energy and we're sort of waiting for next year when this happens or we're waiting for when that moment comes and it's almost like we're just sat down waiting but God, may we have a different perspective. Shape our days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.